Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Desperation can lead people to flee the country they call home in search of somewhere safer, a place where they might have better work prospects and a better quality of life. In some cases, they feel they have no choice but to turn to traffickers to get them out. When they arrive at their intended destination, they know they will be financially indebted to the traffickers perhaps for the rest of their lives. But sometimes, the trafficked do not make it that far. There are no safe options available for so many of these people. Oftentimes, they are left abandoned for months and sometimes years on end in very dangerous and often exploited circumstances themselves. And many countries keep turning their backs on them. So, of course they will strive to cross a border in the desperate hope sometimes of being reunited with family, sometimes just in the desperate hope that the next place they might get to might prove to provide the security they absolutely need. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 20 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. It was midweek in the early hours of the morning, a usually quiet period for staff at the emergency call centre, but at 1.36am, 
A 999 call came in from a lorry driver who was parked on Eastern Avenue in Grays, Essex. The date was Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. Hello, caller, is patient breathing? Hello, uh, no, I'm a lorry driver and I just lifted a trailer from the port. Okay, is the patient breathing? No, there's uh, loads of them. There's immigrants in the back, but they're, they're all lying on the ground. Okay, are they breathing? I don't think so. How many approximately? Uh, the trailer's jammed. Uh, I don't know. Tell me approximately how many patients? Twenty-five. Uh, Twenty-five patients not breathing. Yeah, yeah. Officers from the Essex Police Force and first responders rushed to the scene. They were oblivious to the dire situation they were about to be confronted with. Parked on the side of the road was a red lorry with a large white trailer attached. A standard transport vehicle seen on the roads every day, transporting goods all over the country. The lights from the police cars reflected off the high-vis jacket the lorry driver was wearing. The rear door of the trailer was open, and under the glow of nearby streetlights, steam could be seen rising out from the trailer. PC Jack Emerson was one of the first at the scene. As he walked toward the open trailer, he could see numerous half-naked people lying on the floor motionless. PC Emerson got closer and saw the entire trailer was full of bodies. The officer later said, most of them were wearing clothes on their lower half, but they all appeared to not be wearing any clothing on their upper half. All of the bodies appeared intact, and it was, in my opinion, that they had not been there for a very long period of time, as there was not any visible sign of decomposition. There was, however, a strange smell coming from the trailer that smelled like chemicals. There was also smoke condensation coming from the rear of the trailer, which suggested to me the trailer was refrigerated. The officer climbed inside and began to carefully make his way past the bodies covering the floor. Most of the victims were lying on their backs but there were so many that P.C. Emerson could not check each one of them for a pulse. Froth looked to be forming in the mouths of some victims, and some were warm to the touch, but the officer found no signs of life. The lorry driver was silent, as first responders and police officers scrambled to get more assistance from the control centre. Officers radioed the station to say there were potentially 40 people dead, although on first inspection there was no obvious cause of death. The driver was identified as 26-year-old Morris Robinson, from Portadown, County Armagh in Northern Ireland. He was arrested at the scene on suspicion of murder and taken to the police station for questioning, as the most extensive homicide investigation in Essex police history began. Good morning. 
My name is Pippa Mills and I'm the Deputy Chief Constable in Essex Police. I'd like to read a statement to update you on a live murder investigation being led by the force following the tragic discovery of 39 bodies inside a lorry container this morning. Shortly before 1.40am today, we received reports that a number of people had been found inside a lorry's container at the Waterglade Industrial Park on Eastern Avenue in Greys. I'd like to appeal for anyone who has any information to contact my officers at the Major Investigation Team on 101 or by visiting our Essex Police website. We will update all of our channels as we're able to, but please appreciate we're in the early stages of what is likely to be a lengthy investigation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid that's all we're going to have time for this morning. Thank you very much. As the driver, Morris Robinson, was being interviewed, the industrial estate where the lorry was found was cordoned off as crime scene technicians process the evidence. A decision was made to carefully drive the vehicle to a warehouse near the docks so the victims could be removed and the interior of the trailer could be examined in privacy. Medical examiners had pronounced 39 people dead in the hours after Robinson called 999 and investigators were now faced with the daunting task of trying to identify the deceased. There were eight females and 31 males lying inside the trailer. The majority of the victims had removed some of their clothing before they died. Toward the rear of the trailer was a saddening vision. A couple faced each other and had passed away holding hands. Others lay side by side, as if they were sleeping, but scratch marks on the interior of the trailer showed that the victims had not simply laid down and accepted their fate. They had been aware of the danger they were in, and desperately tried to escape. Once all of the victims' bodies had been removed from the trailer for a complete post-mortem examination, the investigators began collecting the clothing and personal belongings that were recovered from the floor of the trailer. Where had the victims come from? And how did this tragedy happen? So many questions had to be answered and one avenue to help the authorities were the dozens of mobile phones and SIM cards found within the vehicle. Investigators had to trawl through the data to try and determine who the devices belonged to, and hopefully find some clues as to the identification of the people who died. It was initially reported that the victims were believed to be Chinese nationals, smuggled into Europe before being transported into the UK by dangerous organised crime gangs. To hear that 39 people have died, it's quite... You don't know how it's happened or, like, why it's happened, so... It's quite shocking. Shocked in one way, the amount of people they found on it, but not shocked in, as in, they found it happening. Because if you're in the industry, you know it happens on a regular basis. I'm really upsetting, you know, to, to this many people die at one go. It's very hard. Believe it. And this area is locally and always it happens around here anyway. So many times, so many people have been running out from the trailers and walking around everywhere. This is not the first time it happens around here. 
driver Morris Robinson told the investigators that he had collected the trailer from Perfleet Port shortly before discovering the bodies. He said that he had believed that the trailer was empty. Robinson claimed that he had only driven for a few minutes when he turned onto Eastern Avenue and heard a noise from the trailer that sounded like a rumbling. He said that he pulled over, opened the door to check what it was and saw dozens of bodies lying on the floor. CCTV footage from Perfleet Port partially confirmed Robinson's account, picturing him leaving with the trailer just after 1am. Around ten minutes later, the lorry can be seen parking on Eastern Avenue before Robinson walks to the back of the trailer and opens the doors. A cloud of steam rises as Robinson stands and peers inside for just over a minute. But surprisingly, he then shuts the door and gets back into the lorry and drives away. After approximately twenty minutes... The vehicle is pictured returning to the same spot. At this point, Robinson is seen making the 999 call. After being shown the footage, Morris Robinson then admitted to officers that, at the time, he had panicked and did not know what to do. He said he drove a loop before coming back to call for help. Robinson was found with a Samsung phone and the battery for another device. He told the investigators that he had used the phone for long-haul transport in different countries, but had thrown it away after finding the bodies, because he was afraid it would make him look guilty. The phone was subsequently recovered from a drain near the area where the lorry had been parked. Morris Robinson was employed by a haulage business owned by a man named Ronan Hughes. The trailer that contained the 39 victims had been dropped off in the Belgian village of Zeebrugge by another of Ronan Hughes's company drivers, Eamon Harrison. The trailer was loaded onto a ferry called the Clementine, and documents declared the cargo they were transporting was biscuits. The trailer left Zeebrugge at around 3.30pm on October 22nd and arrived in Perfleet shortly after 12am. Eventually, Morris Robinson, who was still in police custody, admitted that he knew that there were people in the trailer and that he had been told where to drop the migrants off after collecting the vehicle. Robinson claimed that he wanted to make sure the occupants were comfortable, so he had stopped on Eastern Avenue and opened the door expecting to see them alive, but instead he saw a group of bodies covering the floor. The driver told officers he was devastated for the victims and their families. However, he was also terrified for his own family, which included his partner and unborn twins. He feared they would be harmed by the organisers of the smuggling operation if they found out what had happened since Robinson's arrest. The investigators were able to uncover data from Robinson's phone that showed his boss, Ronan Hughes, had sent him a Snapchat message instructing him to, quote, "...give them air quickly. 
don't let them out. Robinson responded with a thumbs-up emoji, but when he discovered that the people in the trailer were all dead, he phoned Hughes and another number, later connected to a man called George Nika. The investigators were building a complex web of the key individuals involved in the smuggling ring. However, they still had to identify the 39 people who had been discovered dead, find out how and when the victims had died, and where in the world the migrants started their final journey. Thirty-nine post-mortems were carried out in the days following the tragic discovery. All of the victims had died from suffocation due to a combination of excessive heat and carbon dioxide inside the sealed refrigeration unit. While the police were working with Chinese authorities to try and identify the victims... Father Simon Tang Duc Nguyen from the Vietnamese Catholic Cathedral in East London came forward to tell the police that he believed the deceased had come from Vietnam. Father Simon had been contacted by several concerned Vietnamese nationals who thought their loved ones were inside the trailer. We express our service to all the people who need help. I have tried to help, but not many. So far, I got only eight families to come forward to give me the information of their possible uh, relatives. We try to, you know, to do everything. You know, only, you know, international community can work together to find a way to help. Dusting for fingerprints proved beneficial to the investigation. A print found inside the trailer was matched to a Vietnamese migrant. The person was not among the victims in the trailer, but in fact was alive and would be known in the media as Witness X. The man agreed to assist detectives and told them about the process the smugglers used to transport him into the UK just two weeks before the fatal smuggling attempt. Witness X had travelled to Europe as a business student, but he soon set his sights on the UK, believing there would be better work prospects and he would have a better quality of life. Witness X spoke with a friend who had been transported to London and he was put in contact with a man named Fong. Fong offered to help Witness X for £13,000 and told him it would be a VIP trip where the driver knew he was transporting migrants instead of them being hidden in a shipping container. Witness X was told to go to northern France where a lorry driver would collect him and 14 others. The driver helped the people into the trailer and told them to stay quiet and huddle together in the middle as the trailer was loaded onto a ferry that would take them to the UK. They were given water and plastic bags to use as makeshift toilets. When the trailer was unloaded in the UK, the people were transported to a farm in Essex before being moved into cars and taken to a safe house in London. 
they had to stay there until the fare had been paid in full by their relatives in Vietnam. A woman had just so happened to witness the transfer of people from the lorry into the cars and would call 999 to report what she had seen. Marie Andrews lived in a mobile home in Orsett about four miles from Grays in Essex. She spotted the same lorry a week later. And following news reports on October 23rd, Marie recognised it immediately as the exact vehicle she had seen being unloaded as people disembarked outside her home. The Kent and Essex Serious Crime Directorate were now involved, and the man tasked with trying to confirm the identities of the victims issued a statement to the Vietnamese community asking them to come forward. DCI Martin Passmore said, I want to appeal to you to trust me and take a leap of faith. Meet with my officers who, I promise you, we will help you and do everything we can to reunite you with your lost family member. That is all we want to do. We want to treat you with dignity and respect, and we will do everything we can to help you. I promise you, you will not be arrested, and we will not be sharing your information with anyone else. So please come forward and let us help you. I think we've got to be realistic. We know, and, and, and you're reporting frequently, on the fact that we have people coming into the country either being tra trafficked or as asylum seekers, um, and we know um, that the borders are very tight and complicated and there are more and more chances being taken. Um, this isn't the first time this has happened in Tilbury. I think in 2016 we had a similar incident where luckily um, only one individual died, but that was actually through natural causes. So we had a, we had a near miss on that occasion. So we know this is going on. Am I majorly concerned that we're, we're going to have the same thing happen tomorrow and the next day? Um, you, you can't say, can you? Because it, it, it must be clear that criminals, and that's what we're dealing with, is criminals, murderers, are taking more and more chances with these vulnerable people. Um, and, you know, the risk is massive. Um, so, you know, am I concerned? Yes, I'm concerned. Um, will it happen again? I really hope not, but it, it, it could well do. Hundreds of calls came flooding in, and as the officers methodically examined the mobile phones found in the trailer, they were able to identify the victims and reveal what their final hours were like. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. The majority of the victims came from north central Vietnam and had traveled to mainland Europe to find better jobs. Among the dead were 24 men, 5 women and 10 teenagers. The oldest victim was 44 years old, and the two youngest were still children at just 15. Cousins 33-year-old Nguyen Van Huang and 18-year-old Huang Van Tep were travelling together. Wong was a music graduate who was going to the UK to earn money to support his parents, who were too sick to work. Tap's parents were told that it would be a VIP service and that he would be safely brought from France to the UK in a car. The family were told that they would have to pay £10,500 once he arrived in the UK, but they did not hear from him again. The families of 35-year-old Nguyen Hui Fong, 25-year-old Vo Van Ling and 24-year-old Huang Van Hoi were also told that they would be travelling on the VIP option, which was described as being a four-seater car. They had all borrowed the thousands needed to pay the smugglers. 41-year-old Fan Tai Tang had left her son with his godmother, and sold her family home to afford the journey to the UK. 19-year-old Vo Nandu was planning on coming to England to work in the service industry. 27-year-old Duong Min Tuan hoped to use his computer expertise to find a job. 
24-year-old Nguyen Vang Hep had already tried to get into the UK a number of times under the canvas cover of a lorry, but he had been turned away. He needed £10,000 to try again. On October 21st, he messaged his mother on Facebook and said, Mother, please prepare money. I will pass tomorrow. The man and woman found holding hands were identified as 35-year-old couple Tran Hai Luk and Nguyen Thai Van from the Nair An province. They had left their two children in the care of their grandparents while they went to secure work as fruit pickers in Hungary. They last contacted their family on October 18th to tell them they would be going to the UK. It would cost them £16,000, and like many others on board, they would be borrowing the funds from loan sharks and working to repay it once they arrived. They were informed they could earn as much as £3,000 per month in the UK, more than they could earn in a year in Vietnam, and they were told with the money they'd give their children a better life. The couple were not separated during their post-mortems. It was a mark of respect. Along with the others who were desperate for a new beginning in the UK, they had waited in safe houses in Paris and Brussels before being taken to an industrial estate in Bien northern France. Eamon Harrison, one of the lorry drivers employed by Ronan Hughes, arrived in Bjorn shortly after the migrants were dropped off in taxis. At around 10am, witnesses saw them climb into the trailer, which was refrigerated airtight and could only be opened from the outside. The refrigerator was turned off, but it recorded the temperature throughout the journey, starting around 11 degrees Celsius. Shortly after the lorry left Bjorn, another taxi was seen arriving, and one man got out and walked toward the building where the lorry had been. He told a witness that he was looking for his friends, but what must have felt like the misfortune of being late on his part had in fact been sheer good luck. Harrison drove the lorry to Zeebrugge in Belgium. He delivered the trailer shortly before 2pm. The temperature at this point rose to around 27 degrees. A year earlier, Harrison had been caught with 18 Vietnamese migrants in his trailer at the Channel Tunnel, but he was just issued with a fine and allowed to leave after the migrants were turned away. The trailer was loaded onto the ferry just before 3pm, but the departure was delayed by over half an hour, and after a few hours crossing the channel, the temperature climbed to 35 degrees Celsius by 6.30pm. In pitch darkness, the occupants tried their best to cool down by stripping off layers of clothing. 26-year-old Pham Thai Trami had taken photographs on her phone that showed the overwhelming heat inside the trailer. She had also tried to send a message to her family in Hating to say that she loved them very much, but her trip had not succeeded. 
He had aspirations of working in the beauty industry after spending three years employed in Japan. Her parents had mortgaged their land to finance her trip to the UK. She tried to call the Vietnamese emergency number four times at around 7pm, but there was no signal inside the trailer. The last message sent from Mi's phone was delivered to her mother at around 10.30pm. It read, Mum, I think I'll die suffocated. Her mother Fong thought that her daughter meant she was on a crowded bus or train, but when Mi did not call her the next morning, she knew something was wrong. So many others had made the journey before, so it was thought to be safe including 37-year-old Bui Fan Tang's wife who was still in Vietnam with their three children. Speaking about her husband's fateful journey, she told the BBC, We worked on the land, and it was hard. We were struggling to give our children a proper education. Many people around here go overseas to find work. We knew people who had already made the journey, We contacted them and they told us how to go about it. The day he left, it was the 6th of September. He called us all the time. There were days when he called ten times. He would say, Daddy just needs to see Mummy and the kids. He didn't go straight to the UK. He went to Germany first. But he couldn't find work in Germany. Someone said he should go to the UK. So he did. At 7.37pm, 25-year-old Nguyen Tu Tuan, a married father from Nian, recorded a message on his phone. He can be heard saying, I am sorry. I cannot take care of you. I am sorry. I am sorry. I cannot breathe. I want to come back to my family. Have a good life. Less than half an hour later, Nguyen Ding Lu Long, a 20-year-old man from Haiting, recorded a message to his family, saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I have to go now. It's all my fault. His father had spoken with the Associated Press before he was positively identified and said that Luong had left Haiting two years earlier and had travelled through Russia, Ukraine, Germany and France before telling his father that he would be trying to get to England. Luong's father said, I told him that he could go to anywhere he wants as long as it's safe. He shouldn't worry about money. Luong's father was not the only one who predicted their child was among the dead. The father of 30-year-old carpenter Lee Van Haas spoke with the BBC and said he believed his son was in the trailer. The families of 26-year-old Nguyen Ding Tu, 28-year-old father of two Vo Nok Nam and Anna Bui Tai Nguyen 19 also believed their loved ones were dead too. Anna's older sister told the Mail Online, She was just looking for a better life. 
and we are still struggling to understand how this has happened. Before his death, 28-year-old Pham Thai Nok Wang wrote an unsent message that read, Maybe going to die in the container. Can't breathe anymore. Other voices could be heard in the background of recordings from the victims' phones. They were trying to call for help, shouting for someone to open up. As it became harder to breathe, they used a pole inside the trailer to desperately try and break free, but they could not. Eventually, in later recordings, a voice could be heard saying, He's dead. By 9pm on October 22nd, the temperature in the trailer exceeded 38 degrees, and the carbon dioxide inside was rising to toxic levels. The victims who had been desperate enough to make the perilous journey also included 21-year-old Tan Tai Ho, 37-year-old Tan Muang Hung, 33-year-old Nguyen Vang Nguyen, 37-year-old Cao Hui Tang, 20-year-old Nguyen Ming Huang, 44-year-old Li Nok Tang, 22-year-old Dang Hu Tuyen, 26-year-old Nguyen Trong Tai, 32-year-old Nguyen Ten Diang, and 34-year-old Nguyen Bei Vu Hung. Teenagers Trang Tai Nok, Tran Tai Mai Nueng, Tran Kang Tao, Ding Ding Tai Qen and Tran Nok Hu would also be found in the airless container. Finally, the youngest passengers were two 15-year-old boys. Ding Ding Bing had borrowed money to make the trip himself after travelling from Haiphong to Russia and then on to France. He had called his family from France to tell them he was going to England. Nguyen Hui Hung had trained as a hairdresser in Vietnam before making the trip to stay with his parents, who were already living in the UK. His mother and father learned of his death through posts on social media. 35 children lost one or both of their parents. 39 families were forever changed and left in debt, as they still had to recover the money they had borrowed to pay for the fateful journey. It is believed that the oxygen level decreased and became incompatible with life shortly after 10.30pm, while the trailer was in UK waters. By the time the ferry docked in Perth fleet, all 39 passengers inside the trailer were dead. The worker who unloaded the trailer told investigators he could smell something inside that seemed like waste or decomposition. When paramedics arrived following Morris Robinson's 999 call, they concluded that rigor mortis had set in. Officers on a task force called Operation Melrose were able to link some of the suspects involved in the smuggling operation 
which had made several successful journeys prior to the tragedy. Ronan Hughes, a haulage company owner, had been enlisted by George Nika, a British-Romanian man who worked as the middleman between the Vietnamese operative Fong and the British and Irish drivers. Nika arranged the transport to the UK and from the trailers to safe houses. Hughes was paid £3,000 per migrant and paid the drivers from that amount. Nika had been waiting at the farm when he heard that everyone inside the trailer had died. He then fled to Romania to evade the police, but was later arrested and extradited. Eamon Harrison was the driver on the continent who transported the migrants from France to Belgium. He worked a pay off a debt owed to Ronan Hughes for a drink driving incident and was also paid a flat fee of 500 euros. Maurice Robinson, the driver who had discovered the 39 victims inside the trailer after collecting it from the docks, was to be paid 500 pounds per migrant. He had been seen on CCTV meeting Nika and Hughes at a hotel days before the fatal smuggling operation. He had been shown where to drop off the migrants after collecting them. Robinson had previously been paid around £25,000 for other trips. Another driver, 23-year-old Christopher Kennedy, had also been involved before. He had transported at least 20 migrants between October 11th and 18th, and Kennedy had attempted to transport another 20 through the terminal at Cockell, but this attempt failed when the migrants were detected. When a friend sent a text message to Kennedy about the 39 people found in Robinson's trailer and asked what happened, Kennedy replied, Must have been too many and run out of air. It's theorised that the operation on October 22nd involved such a large number of people because of the failed attempt days earlier. A number of the victims were among those previously turned away. Furthermore, Alexandru Hanger was tasked with driving the migrants who had been successfully transported to safe houses on a farm in the Dulwich area. Valentin Kalota had also been involved in transporting migrants on previous successful attempts. The conspiracy operation started when Vietnamese migrants made contact with Phong. He would make arrangements to keep them at safe houses before he spoke with George Nika, who told Ronan Hughes and his drivers where to pick the migrants up. After taxis brought them to the agreed remote pickup point, the driver would be told to open the trailer and wait in the cab until the migrants were inside. The lorry driver would then either go to the Eurotunnel terminal at Coquel or to the ferry port in Zeebrugge, where the cargo would be freighted into the UK and collected by another of Hughes' drivers. That driver would transport the trailer from Perfleet to a rural area. From there, they would be taken to safe houses in London and detained until they had worked to pay off the debt of ten to £13,000, 
were until their relatives in Vietnam had made payment. We've been loitering at the bus stop uh, or walking down to the station and we've been approached, a few of them huddled along, disheveled, pulling little bags and they've asked if we've got any water or change, where's the station and stuff. And that's a weekly occurrence. If they're not doing anything about it and they're not recognising it and they're turned in a blind eye, it's just a matter of time before something A combined operation between numerous law enforcement agencies in the UK, Ireland, Vietnam and China resulted in the arrests of over a dozen people involved in the smuggling ring, including those in Vietnam who had arranged for the victims to be taken to France for over £20,000 before they were charged thousands more to get to the UK. Maurice Robinson and Ronan Hughes were charged with 39 counts of manslaughter and conspiracy, to which they pleaded guilty. George Nika and Eamon Harrison were also charged with the same crimes, but denied the 39 manslaughter charges. George Nika admitted the conspiracy to assist unlawful immigration charge, as would Alexandru Hanger, but Eamon Harrison, Valentin Kalota, and Christopher Kennedy denied their part in the conspiracy. In his opening statement during October 2020, Prosecutor William Emlyn Jones QC told the jury at the Old Bailey that by the time Morris Robinson found the victims in the back of the trailer, it had been around 12 hours since any meaningful amount of fresh air had been let into the sealed container. The prosecutor reminded the court that behind all of the sensational headlines about immigration into the UK, human lives were being lost. Quote, It is a sad and unavoidable truth that people from other parts of the world, perhaps from countries less secure or less affluent than our own, have shown themselves prepared to go to great lengths to come to the UK, looking for a better life. The risks involved and the costs involved, not just financial and personal costs, can be enormous because people leave their families behind. They might spend everything they have to fund the trip. They might leave their families saddled with debt to fund the journey and all because they are prepared to take extraordinary risks involved in exchange for the chance of a brighter future. They do it because they are desperate. The case involved four episodes of transportation of over 80 migrants, 30 who had arrived safely, 20 who had been stopped in Eamon Harrison's trailer at Coquel, and 39 who died in transit. If the victims had survived, the smuggling operation would have claimed over £800,000 in total for four trips within a fortnight during October 2019. Eamon Harrison denied knowing that there were 39 people inside the trailer, despite being seen on CCTV outside the warehouse, where witnesses had spotted taxis dropping people off who climbed into the back of the lorry. Harrison said he thought he was smuggling stolen lorry parts. 
George Nika claimed that he had only been involved in the previous smuggling incidents. After a 10-week trial and 23 hours of deliberations, the jury found Eamon Harrison and George Nika guilty of 39 counts of manslaughter and conspiracy. Valentin Kalota and Christopher Kennedy were also found guilty of the conspiracy charges. In total, eight men would go on to be convicted in relation to the people smuggling operation in the UK. Following the verdicts, Kelly Matthews, a senior district Crown Prosecutor for the CPS, said... 39 vulnerable people desperate for a new life put their trust in an unscrupulous network of people smugglers. Nothing can bring back the lives lost on that day or the loss caused by the horrible, unlawful and dangerous actions of these defendants. But we hope these convictions bring some measure of solace to the families in the knowledge that justice has been done. A sentencing hearing was held on January 22, 2021, and the presiding judge, Mr Justice Sweeney, spoke about the 39 people who lost their lives, saying, The willingness of the victims to try and enter this country illegally provides no excuse for what happened to them. Equally, I am conscious that there is nothing that I can either do or say that can either reflect the value of their lives, reflect the extent of the loss to their families whose moving statements I have considered with care. I do nevertheless express sincere condolences and sympathy to each family for their loss. For the manslaughter and conspiracy charges, Ronan Hughes was sentenced to 20 years. George Nika received 27. Morris Robinson 13 years and 4 months and Eamon Harrison received 18 years. Morris Robinson had also subsequently been convicted of money laundering for taking illegally obtained money back to Northern Ireland for Ronan Hughes. For the conspiracy and smuggling charges, Christopher Kennedy received seven years. Alexandru Hanger received three years, and Valentin Kalota received four and a half years. Speaking after the sentences were delivered, Chief Constable Ben Julian Harrington from Essex Police said, Every person in that trailer had left behind a family. They had been promised safe passage to our shores, and they were lied to. They were left to die, all because of the greed of the men who had been sentenced today. They tried to hide what they were doing. They attempted to evade detection. They thought that they could cover up their crimes. They have been proved wrong on every count. There are 39 families still grieving. Their pain may never go away. I hope together that we have offered them some comfort with today's result. But our thoughts will always be with them.
so where are we now? Ronan Hughes tried to appeal his sentence, and Georgianika tried to appeal against his conviction. However, both submissions were dismissed. All of those convicted expressed their remorse and claimed that they were blind to the risks involved, never intending to cause any harm to people being smuggled into the UK. In March 2020, another man involved in the smuggling ring was convicted of conspiracy to assist unlawful immigration. Dragos Stefan Damien received a three-year and ten-month sentence for his part as he was to transport the 39 victims from a farm to London. He had fled the country but was arrested in 2021. Detective Chief Inspector Louise Metcalf, a senior investigating officer in the case, spoke after the sentencing hearing telling the media, I hope today's sentence will once again serve as a warning to those who think it is acceptable to prey on the vulnerabilities of those who are seeking a different life for themselves and their families. If you take part in and make money from this abhorrent crime, we will find you. We will stop you and you will be sent to prison. I also hope that our ongoing commitment to this investigation will bring the families of the victims some comfort in knowing that those involved will spend a significant amount of time in prison. But I know that truthfully their pain will never go away. My thoughts will always be with the families of the victims. With stricter immigration policies and tighter controls at the borders, desperate people who want to leave behind their homes and families for economic, political or safety reasons feel they have no other choice but to pay thousands to smugglers and trust they will be safe in overcrowded boats and unventilated trailers. If they are fortunate enough to survive the journey, The migrants are usually forced to work in illegal enterprises to repay the debt owed to the smuggling gang. They often have nowhere to turn out of fear they will be deported. Even now, three years later, some of the families of the victims owe thousands of pounds to smugglers, banks, loan sharks and friends despite their loved one's death. Along with the financial burden left in the wake of the tragedy, the emotional toll is incalculable. An Abuitai Nguyen's mother, Hin, told a reporter for the Times newspaper her daughter had tried to get to the UK to support her family after Anna's father's death. When her remains were brought back to Vietnam, hundreds of mourners came to say their goodbyes. Speaking about her daughter, Hin said, I miss and mourn for her. Anyone who talks about her, they all say time passed so quickly. They felt sorry for her because she was smart. She took care of everything. The father of 26-year-old Nguyen Ding Tu spoke about losing his son. He said, A pain may go away like boiling water cools down, but the pain you feel for your children won't go away until you die. The longer you live, the longer you feel it, 
After he left school, he enrolled in the military and after finishing service, he got married and had children. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about him, the family, his wife and children. People have to leave the country because the income is so low. It is not enough for yourself, let alone a wife and children. So we have to go. Thousands continue to fall victim to people smuggling rings, whose profits exceed millions on the promise of safe passage across Europe. But some migrants end up paying with their lives. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.